What's going on, everybody? I am J.M. Banks, and you are tuned into Urban Alchemy Podcast, brought to you by the Pitch Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is Wednesday, so you know what that means. We are doing one of our interviews for the Kansas City Renaissance. Today, I am joined in the building of old friend old old friend oh yeah old yeah <laughs> we can play as much day. as we want bro back, back in, in the, the day. day john lewis uh hypocrites hypocrisy is hard hippogriff hypocrisy hypocrite hypocrisy <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah he is killing the poetry game out here in kansas city uh like i said we knew each other back in high school we share a first name so it became kind of confusing yeah. with us being in the same crowd so he was known as Lil John. I was just known as either Light Skin John or just John. Or just John. Uh, before we get to that, special thanks to all of our listeners out there. Thank you so much for making this show possible and supporting us each and every week. Music for our episode today is going to be getting brought to us by Alan Wayne, the prodigy, and his song 10,000 Hours off of his new EP he just dropped last month, I believe it was, called Also called 10,000 hours so be sure to check him out along with all the other artists here on our spotify playlist urban alchemy playlist a bunch of great artists a bunch from the kansas city area so please make sure to support your local creatives as always but yeah let's get right into it man me and john uh it's so crazy i was just talking to Keisha yesterday ah and it was just like, yeah, I remember, uh, I forget whose class it was. It was like a math class. I keep on saying Mr. Oni, but it wasn't Mr. Oni. So in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Only is better from here. How me and John almost fought in high school once. Oh, man. <laughs> Funny story. I was actually just recapping this like months and months ago with uh, with Whitney. She had, she had wrote something on her uh, status. And I was just like, yeah, like that time you almost had John fight me in high school. <laughs> and she was like, what? I was like, you don't remember this? <laughs> And she was like, remind me. And I was like, Whitney, you had jumped on my back. Mind you, in high school, way thinner than I am now. I was like 125 soaking wet or something. And Whitney <laughs> was like a full-figured girl. And she, without me seeing her, jumps on my back. So, like, immediately the, the, the wind leaves my body because, like, I'm buckled. And I'm, like, trying not to look like a weakling while this girl is playing just ha, 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 ha on my back. And so I begin to fall. In my brain, it's like you can either fall backwards or you can fall forwards. If you fall forwards, Whitney's whole weight is going to crush you. Yes, that's right. If you fall backwards, Whitney's going to hit the floor. And then it was just like she jumped on my back. God's will be done. And so I fell and Whitney fell with me. And I'm just like, well, that happened. Next thing I know, John Lewis, well, a little force came and pushed me up against the lockers. I'm looking around like, what's going on here? And I look down and I see John with his hands just like gripping me, my shirt, <laughs> pinning me up against the locker. And he's like, that's a woman, man. Don't do that to women. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? And beat Whitney. And then Whitney made it even worse. <laughs> and I told her this. She scrambled to her feet like Tina Turner in, in What's Love Got to Do with it in like the diner scene when the when she got the cake smush. She's like, it's okay. Everything's okay. He was just playing, John. And I was like, what are you talking? You jumped on my back, Whitney. You did this. This is your fault. Oh, man. And you tried to get me to apologize. I was like, no. I refuse to apologize for this. I'm sorry she's fell. I didn't do it, though. And I was like, I can't even fight John. Because if I fight John, the word's going to get around that John and John was fighting over Whitney. <laughs> and it was like, 
what do you do in this situation? And then, like, a week or two later, you, like, walked up and was like, hey, man, <laughs> about that whole <laughs> Whitney thing. I was like, really? You was going to fight me over Whitney? He was just like, she was a girl. I was just like, all right, John. All right. Hey, they let you know I run to the rescue. Bro. He did, yeah. He was rescuing these girls. When they didn't Super even... saver. She's not. No, she's a, she's a wife wonderful. and a mother. Yeah, but I was <laughs> saving. Child of God. <laughs> I was saving women. He was. He was to her rescue, and I was just like, I would want to commend this behavior, but, but he's putting me in this awkward situation where not only do I look like I'm backing down on a fight with this guy who's like smaller than me. Definitely wasn't over five foot. It, it, it looks like I'm beating a woman. Like if you didn't see the situation and you just saw John rush up to me, you would assume I was just whooping Whitney's ass in the hallway. It just, <laughs> That's what I assume. Are you stupid? Wait, are you dumb? Why are you on my back? <laughs> just power, like I'm wrestling or something in WWF, backslamming people. I just pictured head but backwards but it was it was a sound like a thud on the floor and it was just like eh, i don't know what to tell you about that wit you you should you should take physics what did that you was learn? not gonna work yeah exactly what was our what would what, 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 what take away from this <laughs> gravity is real oh my god like my i don't know what part of her brain was like yeah he's gonna be able to take this <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> oh, funny thing. Me and Keisha was talking about last night. Is that time I poured that entire bottle of pop on her head oh. <laughs> after Dr. Saha's class. I was just like, yeah, I don't even remember that. I blacked out. I blacked out. I literally blacked out. I was just like, I woke up and I saw you covered in pop. And I was like, my bad. <laughs> Bro, y'all were so funny. Well, yeah. Like, literally, like, we all weren't talking for like, a while. Why aren't we talking? We used to talk all the time. Well, Keisha was in a relationship with a guy who hated me. And then she was just like, maybe we shouldn't talk that much anymore. And I was just like, fine. I got you. That's cool with me. And then the stuff happened with you. And it was just like, yeah, it was just very quiet in our little group in class. But yeah, good old days, man. Classics. Classics. We've been out of school for like Going on 20 years. Going on. In 2026. 20 years. Gosh. Time flies when you're having fun. When you're being an adult and paying taxes. There's another black dude. There was another black dude. We were in that class. It wasn't Mr. Nave, was it? No, it wasn't Nave. Nave would would not have conducted. He wouldn't have taken none of that shit. Like, at Paseo, we had a few teachers. Like, everybody knew you didn't mess with. And Brother Nave was one. Bro, I would never forget when I went back to Paseo to talk to the kids. Like, the fraternities were coming from UNKC to talk to the kids. And Mr. Nave stopped me in the hallway. He's like, brother, come over here. Let me talk to you real quick. I'm like... Brother names. He's like, no, no, I want to hear none of that right now, brother. Come over here. I'm like, what, what's going on, man? What, what's, what's happening? I thought you'd be happy to see me. He's like, I spend a lot of time with kids, and I spend my life trying to make sure they make the right decisions. And he was one of those young brothers that I really had faith and hope in. It. Here you are walking around with an alpha jacket. <laughs> And I was like, what? And he was like, it's five beta sigma up in here. Ah! Start jumping around. I was like, get out of here, brother Naves. Like, all this time, I had no idea you was a sigma. He was like, either. you know in the service, don't you? And I was just like, bro, you are out of control. But yeah, it's so crazy. You had those teachers that had those impacts on you. You really don't know about their personal lives or what goes on behind the scenes. They're super dope. Super dope. John Lewis became a sigma himself, five yeah. beta sigma. The best. 
the, the bluest. <laughs> <laughs> you guys definitely are the bluest, that's for sure. Bounciest. You like to move and move. <laughs> <laughs> As I like to call you the bounce castle. But no, that, that's castle. Yeah, this dude, John Lewis, has been out here cutting up the poetry game. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can. No, you're doing it, man. Trying to get better. Trying to get better. You've been doing this for like what? Over a decade now. Yeah, for almost 11 years. 11 years. Damn, that's so crazy. It don't even seem that long. It's been as long as I've been in my fraternity, which in December will be 11 years. Okay. Because you didn't do poetry. You didn't do creative writing in, in Episeo, did you? You were no, theater, right? Theater. Okay, theater. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what made you transition from the theater aspect into the... Because I also, as you know, was music major, and I transitioned into creative writing. So it just goes to show. Sometimes what you start off at ain't what you end up at. So what was that transition like for you? Really? I did a lot of shows when I was in college. And I memorized a bunch of people's work. A lot of people's work. Performed those people's works. I never performed my own. I wrote every now and again, just randomly. I'll write some stuff in a flip phone, but I never performed it. I didn't start performing until 2010, and it just it clicked. I like fell in love with it, and I was like, yo, this is something that I want to do. And it's performance-based, so why not stick with it for a little bit? True, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a correlation between you being on stage, acting, and being on stage doing poetry have you ever bombed before a few times how was that like? a few times that's my biggest fear of getting on stage it, like everybody just dead silence and it's not really dead silence it's more of especially if i'm working on a new piece if i'm working on a new piece like in my first time like i'll read it i'll get it memorized by myself and then putting it in front of people it could be not dead silence their reactions could kind of like throw me for a loop for a little bit and I might lose it because I'm connecting with them too much mm. I'm not connecting with the piece so bombing really is just I didn't connect to the piece gotcha. and so I was just like oh, I'm going to do something else which yeah. I do that all the time no I definitely can understand that because you know people are hearing something for the first time a lot of people don't know how to take it you, you know, know they kind of uh, process it for a minute so I can definitely see how that could be kind of standoffish in a performance because everybody's so insecure Especially when you first getting up and talking in front of people, you assume everybody hates you. You assume you suck. I mean, I don't know about you. It's me. That's just like they gonna get up there and all. I don't know what I'm doing. When I first started, yeah, that's what I thought. Because literally, when I first the first I was at Poetic Notes, I just crossed. Somebody signed me up, and the only poem that I had memorized was a three part erotic poem about mm-hmm. eating vagina. Okay. And so tell me more. A, it was a great poem. <laughs> I retired the poem. Okay. And then accidentally deleted it. Damn. It makes me sad. Oh, who knows? Maybe there's a video floating around there. Possibly. Young John Lewis talking about eating vag. Fresh out the womb. <laughs> Fresh out the womb. Of the poetry womb. <laughs> nah, I wish I could hear that because it sounds dope. You actually made a status. Uh, it was like last week. It's like uh, something about. Being at her altar, ah, bowing down at her altar. I was just like, this nigga's so nasty. Look at him. And then Deontay got on there. I was like, y'all both nasty. Yeah. You little wordsmiths. Yeah. 
No, that's dope, though. Uh, what's your favorite thing to write about? It's been changing. Mm-hmm. I used to do a lot of like a lot of persona pieces where I would put my my feet in another person's shoes or another situation and try to do it from that standpoint. But now I've been writing a lot of conscious pieces that are like realization pieces for myself, which in turn are helping me see flaws in my character in a sense. Okay, that's dope. I've, I've, I've been going on a, on a journey of self-discovery myself and, you know, just taking care of my mental, yeah. trying to get everything in order. And, you know, what, what what's one of the main things you've learned in your journey? Gotta, gotta protect your energy. Mm. Like, life is all about give and take. Now, certain people, they don't know how to tap into that give. All they can do is take and so those days when you feel drained or like you can't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You you just exerted yourself. Even if you didn't do anything, you gave so much energy into something or somebody. I learned to not do that. Mm-hmm. And it's been beautiful. That's dope. Yeah. I wish more people could do that because you definitely got to watch who you let in your circle, man. Because some people like energy vampires. They just be sucking that shit out of, out of, out of, out of your creativity. It's like, no, it's no fun. Not at all. And it'll change how you write or what you write about. Like for a while, I was writing a lot of angry, resentful pieces, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. So I took a second without for not. I took a second, maybe about three months, where I didn't write nothing at all. Yeah, it wasn't the cure, but it was a process to pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. I actually just took about a month's break myself, and just didn't didn't produce anything didn't do any writing didn't do any recording just so i can like remember what the sound of my own voice sounded like in my head because i had so many other voices and so many other people you know pulling me in different directions it's just like how was it it was terrible oh what you mean like the time the time to, oh it was it was weird actually it was very uncomfortable because i've made such uh you know a life of being involved with people and being involved in the scene that when I was just by myself. I really didn't know what to do with myself. Like, I became JM the podcaster, JM the writer. So when I'm not doing that, like, I don't know who the hell I am. But yeah, we got to go on those little journeys. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, now that you you've done that, you said you were writing more aggressive poetry. What has it transitioned to now? I mean, what do you want it to transition to? What do you want people to look at your poetry and see? I don't want it to be aggressive. I don't want like I wrote a piece where I was referring to uh, I was talking about chains um, and I'm saying like we're like we're like stuck on everybody wants to have these chains. They want to be iced out. They want to be they want to be a center of attention. Like, you know what I mean? They want to have these these things, these material things. And it's like, yo, did you know they used to hang us with rope style items that look like these rope chains? They used to lock us up with these these links. Like, this is what they used to do. So I wrote a piece like that, but I didn't want it to come out to be hard. I wanted to be more one of the ones you're going to listen to and take something from. Yeah. So I recorded it and put it on a softer instrumental to kind of take away from the harshness of it. If that makes sense. No, no, I totally get that. That's dope. Uh, no, I'm, I'm with you on that about the whole materialism. I feel like trips have become the new chains almost like 
people are literally tapping into retirement funds, you know, maxing out credit cards. And you got that trip. You got to have the, the hotel. You got to have the, the flight down there. You got to have the uh, clothing. You have to have the uh, stuff you do down there. You got to go helicopter riding. And it's just like, it's Swim off of suits. the gram. Yeah, all that. Swimsuits, shoes. But it, it's for the gram. And it's so difficult because uh, I don't know. I try to watch what I say because I don't want to offend people but fuck it. It's what, my new favorite <laughs> group of people to hate are like these fake spiritual crystal rubbing tarot card reading mother earth wannabe chicks and it's like you're still in love with the bullshit like don't talk to me about your chakras and your your spiritual journey and it's like you, you really just care about the means. yeah it's just like you just spouting off shit you read on a meme or something like you care about the, the the jewelry and the fucking clothes like you're not about what's on the inside stop playing stop playing yourself but no that's those are my new favorite people to hate new who are the old who are the old uh hoteps hoteps okay yeah okay yeah, those people who just, just brother, let me talk to you, brother. Let, I see what you're doing over here, but let me tell you what the white man has set up to keep you from from progressing. And it's like, shut up, <laughs> shut up. I know way more about black culture than you do because you read Malcolm X during your little your little stint on a bus stop. I don't want to hear it. Dead. Nah, it's straight up. Uh, no. Poetry. What's the poetry scene here in Kansas City looking like today, as opposed to when you started? It is flourishing. It is growing. It is going back to how it was in the early 2000s when it was real popular, real people wanted to be in. Like That's what we wanted to be like again. Because mm-hmm. I used to hear the stories of how, how poets and how poetry scenes used to be like they used to kick it they used to have so much fun last poet standing competitions like just on regular shows regularly man now we got poetry on the vine every thursday soul sessions as poets that pull up there at the juke on mondays uh comfy has one on wednesdays yeah. equal mind uh, not equal minded uh the legends in raytown legends comedy club that's right. Shout out Comfy, friend of the show. Um, actually, they have a few open mics. They got an erotic open mic on Sundays. Nice. Shout out to them. What do you think's caused this just massive influx of creativity within the poetry community here in KC? It's motivation. It's really seeing another poet do something and you're like, yo, that's dope. I got to see if I can write something kind of like that or, or it's kind of just as good. Mm-hmm. So that's the journey. It's not to top somebody, but it's to say, hey, we're all growing. We're growing. I'm growing just as much as you are. So let's let's keep going. Let's keep motivating each other to do different stuff. Elevate, grow. Right, right. Uh, Who who are your top three poets here in Kansas City? Uh, Top three poets here in Kansas City. Uh, Dylon, Dylon, (laughs) Dylon. Because he spits hot fire. Spits that hot fire. No, um, it's really hard to classify what the top three poets are. I would definitely have to say right now, the top poets gotta be the regulators. Okay. Which is my slam team. Okay. We gotta be. 
Who's on the team? On that team, I got uh, Sherry Purpose Hall, Brandon Amazing Nelson, Tierra Nicole, and Brianna Minor. Tierra Nicole, she just won Kansas City's People's Choice Award for Best Poet. Oh, shout out Tierra. Sherry Hall, she's ranked eighth in the nation right now. As far as poetry and poetry, yeah. I don't know you had rankings. Oh yeah, bro. Like we got you see the a national rankings and there's also regional rankings. Like my team right now, as of in 2019, they did after before COVID, they had a slam called a uh, Rust Belt, and we actually ranked fifth. Oh, in that, that's dope. Congratulations, man. Thanks, that's thank, you, thank you. I did not know that that they had actual ranking system here in right. place. It's a big, it's big competitions. That's dope. Uh, so, I mean, what do you got to do to get those rank, rankings rankings up? Is it like shows you got to attend, or is it just? It's really just whenever they're doing a slam, those slams are basically ranked. So they got nationals. Um, that used to be a thing. They're bringing it back. They do women of the world. Which is an all women's poetry slam, where they get ranked in that. Uh, Southern Fried is a regional competition. People get ranked in that. It's really just getting scores. If you get your scores up and then make it to final stage, you they'll do the rankings all the way up to however many teams there are. That's dope. I mean, <clears throat> so what do you? What's what's the end game in terms of your poetry? I mean, do you want to be like a full time poet? Can you be a full time poet? You can. And people do it, and I see them, and I I sit with envy. It's really just getting shows, doing shows outside the city, doing workshops, and, and selling merch, and getting people to mentor, mentoring people, and stuff like that. Just building a repertoire that's, that's strong enough that people want to follow. They want to learn from you, and they want to see you. Okay. So yeah. my ultimate goal, bro, I wanna be a I wanna be a traveling poet. I wanna travel full time. I'll break it down, bro. I got a plan. Go ahead. <laughs> Give it to me. That's why you're here. I'm gonna get a van. Okay. Gut it, convert it, live in a van for a year and travel. Okay. That's that's what I wanna do. See, I, I kind of like look at that more akin to the uh, comedy scene. Like the way when you kind of making your bones, you travel. Like you got to travel, you got to get gigs, you got to, like you said, mentorship. You got to, you got to find those older cats who can teach you the ropes. And yeah, that's what I, I kind of equated to. Yeah, I never really thought of like a full time traveling poet. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, so what do you got to do to get all that besides your van? Just do it. I mean, is there a booking like agency for poets? Or? It's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a booking agency for poets. It's really just getting out there. I right now am signed to a talent management group. Okay. Next page management. Shout out next page. So I'm on them. So once I get all that stuff going and I get what I want to do, they'll be able to do all types of stuff for me. But right now it's just, hey, send an email. Hey, do you have any feature spots available? Oh, really? When is that? What months? Okay. Well, can I do this one? Going out there and doing a show. Or just going out there when they got slams. Going out there when they got open mics. That's cool. You ever do any traveling to St. Louis and I see their poetry scene? Was actually there a couple weekends ago. What's that poetry scene looking to as opposed to ours? I only went to a night. There's a, a group of poets from St. Louis that come out here. Uh, they visit some of our open mics that we have on Thursday at the corner. Mm-hmm. And so they told us to come out there. They had a uh, Tierra, 
uh, performing. They had another lady named uh, Mysterious. It was her birthday weekend as well. So they were out there. So I was supporting them. And their open mic scene is different from our open mic scene in the sense of bodies. Like attendance? Yes. When it's poetry, like strictly poetry, they got it. They got it. Kansas City is so music based that if it's not like music or anything involved in it, if they're not like a fan or if they're not like, not saying pester, but you keep putting it out there, hey, I got the show, I got the show, I got the show, I got the show, you'll get the people out there. Mm -hmm. Like people that are true, it's hard to find the true poetry lovers in Kansas City. Yeah. They are out there. They're out there. But now it's just to get them all to come and support every scene not just one particular scene but every scene that's what we need how do we do that i mean i know we gotta we gotta actually uh find those people who are the poetry lovers but we're all, we also need the casual audiences to come in and you know because i know people who will go to a music show and not know the artists have a terrible time but you still will go to another music show like how do we get that feeling of i'm going to go support Good or bad? It's really just... I don't know how to answer that question. Okay. Because everybody is on a different journey, and so everybody wants to hear different stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't want to hear it at the time. Maybe eventually they'll want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Don't stop giving them invitations and stuff. But our scenes are so divided because 18th and Vine is predominantly African-American. There's another poetry scene called Kansas City Poetry, which is uh, it used to be on Broadway at the Uptown. They moved it, now it's downtown. That's predominantly people from Kansas. That's going to be your Caucasian audience. Mm. And they don't matriculate into the urban audience. Why not? I don't know. They rarely come out unless it's something that's like specific to, okay, we got a slam with a nonprofit. They're throwing a slam. They may come Mm -hmm. because that nonprofit reached out to them. Hey, come and slam, try to win some money. Right. But other than that, as far as just coming to come, either to perform or just watch, it's difficult. Yeah. Because I don't go to Kansas. Yeah, I don't either. But the open mics that support Kansas artists are in Missouri. But I don't go to them. Not saying that I don't want to. It's just that I didn't even know they even started up again. Yeah. And I don't even know the location in which it's at. True. I mean, yeah, that that being out there, just that information being out there is half the battle. Like, I don't know. I guess I asked that because I feel like it goes back to the fake crystal chicks. Ask 10 black girls if they like poetry. You're going to hear 10 black girls say they love poetry. And it's just like, Okay, but now ask them how many poetry shows they've actually been to. And that's when you see, like, (laughs) ask them to name one poem, and we'll see the extent. Yes. Because they fake. Because they fake. Yeah, I feel like that's a learned response. Like, yeah, I love poetry, but okay, who do you like? Maya Angelou. That's going to be your go-to answer. Most definitely. Maya Angelou. Maybe Nikki Giovanni if they got a little, little, 
little culture. Yeah, a little culture, a little yeah. national culture. Maybe in throw it. some Langston Hughes in there. Okay, Langston Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might know Langston Hughes. Doubt they can name one Langston Hughes poem, but but even still, even still, <laughs> it's a name. Gotta love names. Yeah, it's like those girls. It's like women who wear like the rock shirt, rock star shirts, and it's just like, t- tell me something about Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, The Doors. You just like the picture. It's like it's okay. We get it. We get it. No, no. Uh, I do feel like we do need to get more casual viewers for poetry out there because I'll be watching our stuff on online videos and whatnot. But I'll be like, man, it looks like there's a dope vibe in the building. It is very dope time. feeling. It's pure energy. I like pure energy environments. Mm-hmm. Reason being, you don't know what you're gonna get. Right. And that's perfect. Because somebody could hate what you wrote. Everybody else can love it. Mm. And I know this from personal trial. I know somebody that specifically, two people specifically hated a poem. They don't want to hear the poem again. Everybody else is like, yo, that poem is dope. Why why they hate said poem? (laughs) Well. (laughs) You had to since you asked. Since you asked, I'll tell you. (laughs) One of them, I quoted in the piece and the other one thinks it's just me crying wait was this like about a girl it was uh, but it wasn't about a girl it was about all women the poem is basically called short man the short man poem okay and it's basically talking about ayo it's all the women that turn me down because of my height and you quoted one <laughs> and I quoted what was the quote the quote was oh You'd be perfect if your spirit was in a taller vessel. Wow. Yeah, bro. Like, ouch. That's that's a real crystal chip right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real one right there. She said, (laughs) "Well, I made it artsy." Okay. She said, "You'd be perfect if you were if your personality was in a taller." Well, she said a specific person, and that person is taller than me, Uh and I know for a fact they're taller than me. So that's how I took it as. Okay. So my personality. I also taught my personality, my spirit, basically, because that's something that I can't, I can't change. Right. I've had this personality my whole life. His whole life. I've had this since I got the first message in, in uh, my yearbook. The first yearbook I ever bought, and people signed it in the gym. They're like, "Yo, don't change. You're awesome." No, but uh, before we wrap up, uh, you got any roses you need to give to anyone? Oh, those are like compliments. Comp- yeah, you know, give give your flowers to people. Uh, I want to shout out uh, the Poetry on the Vine team. Everybody that's involved in the Poetry on the Vine team. Um, all the weeks, we got four different weeks. Brandon Amazing Nelson's first week is the gym. Respect the mic. Second week is our Battle League wordplay. Shout out to RV, sending out all prayers and energy to him uh, as he's battling what he's battling. Um, I do third Thursdays. Uh, fourth Thursdays is now changed, so I believe Tierra Nicole is going to be doing that. Uh, Sherry has fifth Thursdays if there's a fifth Thursday. Like this Thursday, we have an erotic show. So we got an erotic show tomorrow. That's dope. Uh, yeah, so we will be posting those that information in the description of this episode. Terrence Williams. 
Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams of the Music and More Foundation, the founder of Poetry on the Vine. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to all of them, man. I really want to see the poetry scene grow here in Kansas City because I love the arts. I love creatives here in Kansas City, and I feel like we need to help people explore. Like, there's people out there who really does like poetry, who just says they like poetry, but they don't know they like poetry. So we got to get them to these shows so they can that see. way they can see and yeah. feel it and know like. Ah, this is where I need to be. Yeah, I feel like black people have such a set idea of what a poetry show, and you're going to go there, and there's going to be a guy talking like this about the world. Yeah. Black people. And it's just like, no, it's like a bunch of different styles of poetry people do. Like, (laughs) slam poetry. He broke my heart into pieces. Now I have no peace in this. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. That's a good line. Bars. (laughs) (laughs) And now I sit behind these bars of my making. But it's like, nah, there's so many other poetry types. There's so many different styles. Yeah. They'll enjoy it. Everybody enjoy it. Please come out and just vibe and just soak it in yeah 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 it's a real cool scene from what i can see and i'm definitely going to try to make it out now that i have more i'm going to have more flexibility with the schedules definitely want to also uh make it out to our shows um also uh in closing uh big announcement i am going to be starting my work as a uh, events writer for black kansas city magazine so be sure to check them out and stay tuned for monday i got some more news to give you guys uh but can't announce it yet but when i do it will be on monday so you be sure to stay tuned for that a lot of great things happening here in kansas city i'm super excited for people man we, we out here doing it the first time in my life i feel hopeful and be like we're doing it out here we're actually doing it we're achieving something yeah we're not killing each other anymore no no it's like for once i feel like the hate has started to dissipate like that cloud that fog of hate that we just walk through each and every day it's just like well, it's starting to actually, like, people are starting to congratulate and share a post and, you know, be nice. So, it's just such a weird feeling. Like, yes, supporting. They're yeah. starting to support. Straight up. It's a great feeling to see. Uh, yeah, any closing statements? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on uh, social media under I Am Hypocrisy on Instagram. That's I-A-M-H-Y-P-O-C-R-A-C-E uh, or John Lewis on Facebook. That's my government name. J-O-H-N-L-E-W-I-S. Yeah. So yeah, we will also have that in the episode description. So be sure to check him out. Be sure to check out his shows because they are really coming up, man. I'm really starting to see a lot more people share and comment about that online so we need that uh thank you for coming and yeah i hope to see you here again and yeah i want to get more poets in so be sure to let me know who the people i need to speak to on that front is but yeah that's all we got for today uh thank you all so much for joining us music for the episode once again brought to us by alan wayne the prodigy and his track Ten Thousand hours be sure to check out that brother he got a show coming up here pretty soon i'm gonna have to also check that date so i can let you guys know but yeah shout out to all the creatives who have been making the show possible i love doing this this is such a great thing i'm able to do each and every day and i am looking forward to bringing you more of the best and brightest of uh black creatives here in the kansas city area uh but yeah uh that is all i have i hope you all are staying blessed and staying safe out there you all keep creating kc and i will catch you all later
Peace. Blessings, everybody. Come on, everybody, gather around. I'm about to up the body count. Ever since I sat down the 40 ounce, all you rappers sounding corny now. Bitches say I sound like money now. A year ago, y'all was acting funny style. That's funny how you wouldn't even leave it like what now. I'm yanking on your ponytail, bitch, doggy style. I conquered all the styles. Y'all got something new to copy now. Try to cross me now, I call the posse out. Get your body coming out of that coffee house. Double Al Pacino and your cappuccino. When they pack the Eagles, nigga, that's illegal. You needle in a haystack, I'm a stack of needles. I'm a bag of money, you a bag of Fritos. Better ask the people. Ain't nobody got a pass but they can pass the grass to me though I'ma get high and blast the Beatles And I'ma stay in shit and smash a free coat That'll be heaven to me So dead and sever the evil I follow my light instead of my ego I don't know several amigos Oh well I'm saying What would you do? I'm saying What would you say? I'm saying Would you answer the call? If your destiny was calling your name Would you answer the call? 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 What you say? I told him I'm on my way. I told him I'm on my way. Told him I was on my way right now. I've been waiting on this call for so long. My scars are permanent. My tattoos are permanent. My status is permanent. I'm here cause I earned this shit I hopped on that stage and I murdered it Every time without a tidbit of nervousness Now take a look at it That bitch who I flirted with last year Who Kirby she wearing my shirt and shit She got on my merch and shit She looked good in my merchandise But I told her if she looking for somebody to save her She should probably go search for Christ Fuck around with me you'll be hurt for life If the bitch hurt you once she'll hurt you twice I'm sure you make the perfect wife Go out and find a simple ass husband And have yourself the perfect life Cause I got a flight to catch the stratosphere Be calling my name I need somebody on the plane to say Alan Wayne I'll jump out if y'all dare me too. I don't even need no parachute. When God and them say, take a leap of faith. There's angels there to carry you. Hey, I'm saying, what would you do? What would you say? Would you answer the call? If your destiny was calling your name, would you answer the call? 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 What you say? I told him I'm on my way. I told him I'm on my way. What you say? Told him I was on my way right now. I've been waiting on this call for so long. Would you answer the call? Would you answer the call?